Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking. On the last episode, I spoke with Emily Fine from the Girl Scouts of Northeast Ohio about 21st century skills for success. Today, I'm going to continue that conversation with Tamara Strom. This episode is sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. So I want to welcome Tamara Strom to the show. A trained journalist and communications professional, Tamara Strom has more than 30 years of experience in journalism, marketing, and public relations, specializing in nonprofit communications. Her professional experience in Chicago and Cleveland includes work at the American Dental Association, the American Academy of Dermatology, the Illinois State Medical Society, and Menorah Park Center for Senior Living. Since 2002, Tamara has served as communications director for the Solon City Schools. During that time, she's developed and implemented a dynamic two-way strategic communications program for the Solon Schools, connecting the district with the community and its target audiences. Key in her role with the Solon Schools is serving as a liaison with the parent community and community at large to deepen understanding of how students learn in today's standards-based educational environment. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I thought of you right away when, um, well, I've been wanting to get you on, quite honestly, for a long time because I knew you would be great but I I did your name did come to my mind when I was thinking about this topic because because of your experience and what you do and you do so much you're in the schools and you see you work with students and parents you know just right it's what you're doing you know so I knew that you would be good um at this with this topic Great. Yeah. So last time, you know, I talked with Emily about, you know, what is it, what are the skills now, you know, 21st century skills that kids need to know to be successful. And she talked about the four C's, you know, that's what kind of people think about now, or even if you Google it, that's what's going to come up the most critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity. And I added confidence when she was here, but um, just to do stay on the C, uh, the C theme. So those are awesome. And those are really important. But even before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, how there's so many things that kind of stem from them and they're all kind of intertwined. Yes, exactly. And so taking from your confidence and putting one more C in there, competence for students. So it's really important that students today are able to understand what they need to learn and then be able to demonstrate it many different ways. So it's different than when you and I went to school and you maybe started out the school day and wrote a newsletter that the teacher wrote on the board and you copied it off. Now today, students are able to to use their own thinking. So that creativity piece is really important within standards-based learning. It's a floor about what we expect kids to learn, but they have to apply their knowledge. So we have to give them the skills to build that competence in how they're able to demonstrate good, those right. skills. It wasn't like, and when I went to school, it was like you said, it was just kind of like memorize this, memorize that, you know, that kind of thing. You're just kind of spitting it back out. And now, like you said, it's like, no, really show, apply it. Exactly. Apply and show you that you know it. Right, because when we used to do times tests or tables, Ugh. you would do it, <laughs> it just it, faster, faster, faster. Around the world. Right, and I you had that. no idea exactly what you were demonstrating. You were just doing it faster. So eight times four and four times eight, both are 32. Same thing, only it's not the same thing. So what we help kids to do and through standards learning and giving them 
all of the skills that are there, that they're really able to understand the difference between 8 times 4 and 4 times 8 and be able to explain their thinking. It just sets a really strong foundation for them to be flexible in their learning going forward. Yeah, I like that you mentioned, and even the math thing, because a lot of parents, and including myself, you know, earlier on, and and I am an, an, a teacher, but um, not math, but um, so, you know, a lot of parents say, like, this math is crazy today. I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense. And even, you know, my kids um, doing their math, it's like, I look at it and I'm like, it really, to me, makes no sense because I didn't learn it that way, but they do it this crazy way, but they understand what they're doing and they come to it and they, they have that flexible, they do have that flexible learning where the teachers allow them to like, maybe you can do the problem. Maybe you'll do it this way. Maybe you'll do it that way, but you're getting it correct and you understand it and you can explain how you got there. Right. Because it doesn't happen in terms of like a thought process the same way for every child. And that's what's great about how kids are able to learn in classrooms today, Mm -hmm. that they're able to apply their thinking and be creative and, demonstrate what it looks like for them. They get to the same answer. They just might get there in a different way mm-hmm. instead of only having that really right. narrow that's pathway. That's why I'm bad in math because I just had to stick to the formula. I'll blame it on that. No, right. but right. And I think that's with everything. And even, um, you know, I've told students before, like, well, wait, um, let's say we're talking about theme or whatever and we're reading some short stories and then they maybe have a test or they get to the, let's say, the state test, for example. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but these questions aren't necessarily from you know, it's not about the, the characters in the story or whatever. And it's like, no, you have to take what you know about theme or whatever it may be and apply it to whatever you're reading exactly. so that you understand it. So I'm not going to ask you just like comprehension questions necessarily, but be able, be able to take what you know and apply it to anything you read. Right. Because it's not just about the plot right. or the story. It's about that thinking, that deeper level mm-hmm. thinking that sets them up for what the world that they're going to graduate into when they go into college and the workforce. They need to be adaptable and resilient to be able to come at problems and form solutions on their own from many different angles. And I think you said two great things right there, adaptable and resilient. And I think, um, I feel like we know that the kids need to know that, but it seems like they're becoming less and less those things. I don't know. Like, just looking, it seems like it. You know, it just seems like kids today, kids today, you know what I mean, are a little bit, you know, less resilient and less adaptable, even though we're teaching that. I know the schools are really teaching that. So I don't know. And maybe it's just, you know, maybe that's not the case, hopefully. But so as as a parent or, you know, parents listening, what can we do or not do? What do you think to like kind of foster those things at home or re- reinforce what the schools are doing? I think the most important thing is to take a step back and see the experience through your child's eyes. Because parents today, like the kids today, <laughs> we, and I'm going to include myself, obviously, is that we want to make things easier for our, our kids. We remember back where we, you know, had things where there were challenges. And so today, parents want to kind of pave that way. And sometimes that paving is more like a snowplow that's like trying to move everything Mm -hmm. out of the way for kids. And they don't get as much trial and error about how to fail, solve problems on their own and things like that. Those are really important life skills that kids have to learn. And if we as a parent do all of that for them, talk to the teacher, do the, you know, talk to um, their friends' parents for them, make the phone calls for them, then they have no way to develop those skills. 
and especially with technology where they may lean toward texting or looking at screens and not having as much of that face-to-face dialogue, we're really taking away that opportunity from them and we're doing them more of a disservice than we are actually helping to yeah. pave the way in a positive way. You just said like a million great things in that, you know, in that little <laughs> little segment there. And it's, it's true. And I just listened to a speaker oh, last weekend and she was talking about, you know, the, lawn, the lawnmower parent, which we heard, you know, we went from helicopter to lawnmower parent, which is just what you said, plows right through and does everything for the kid. And it's, you know, parents... And it comes from a good place. I think the intentions are good. Like you said, we don't want, it's, you know, it's hard to see your kids struggle or this happened to us. I don't want that to happen to them or whatever it is. You want them to be happy, but we're doing them a disservice. Like you said, like, and it doesn't mean never step in. Obviously there are certain situations where you need to, you know, be the parent and helper. But I always tell my kids, and obviously if it's a big situation. Of course. That's not what we're talking about. But, you know, I've always, we've always told our kids, you know, you talk to the teacher first, you talk to the coach first, whoever it may be. And then if there's a problem or, you know, maybe the, you didn't communicate it correctly or whatever, we can try to help or whatever. But you always do that first. You know, you email the teacher and it's, it is a, a little bit, it's like we said, it's not great with all the technology, but it's actually, if you want to make it easy on them, I mean, they just email the teacher, sure. you know, and ask the question. They don't even have to see them. But, you know, I do I do like that face-to-face. But, you know, I think it's important to, like you said, always have them at least initiate it, at least start start to problem-solve that, whatever the thing may be. Right. And that's you. why we think it's really important to help develop those skills early with growth mindset mm-hmm. and, you know, we work with R factor too with kids because there are so many things that are outside of their control and the world seems to be spinning in many different ways. So we want them to kind of narrow that focus back in what's going on right now and what can I do to change it? What do I want my outcome to be? How do I want to move to the next step here? So that focuses them on, okay, what do I need to do to adapt that? What do I need to do to change my behavior in this way to help something come out? more positively for me what you focus on what you can change you know you can't make the kids in your class or your friends or whatever act a certain way so maybe what can you do then you know how how can you change your behavior or maybe you remove yourself from a situation or whatever it is instead of just focusing on something you have no control over exactly and we I, I always use the examples for kids that parents need to do those things too Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. we could leave late somewhere, be on the highway and there's traffic. Now, we knew there was going to be traffic. Are you talking about me on the way here? No, no, no. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But we knew that. So we could either sit there in the traffic and just grouse about it the whole time. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to be here for a while. So how am I going to just make this travel time Mm -hmm. a little bit better? We all need to just kind of ramp it back. It's very important. yeah. lower the stress level. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I always talk about modeling and the kids, you know, they're watching you no matter what age they are. So like you said, if you're stuck in traffic, for example, that you use and you're just ranting and raving about it and complaining about it, I mean, they do feed off that, of you course. know? And so, right, like you said, if you're like, let's just, there's nothing I can do about it. So 
whatever, you know, that kind of thing. You we know? are going to make the best of it right. or use the time mm-hmm. for something else. That's really good. That's really important. And they and they hear you even just like when you get upset about something or whatever's going on, you know, like you said, dial it, dial it down a little bit um, so that they're not feeding off of that. Right. Yeah. And then with their schoolwork or homework or because they're, I mean, everybody's lives are so much busier today. Mm-hmm. We're moving from one thing to the next. And so it's just kind of, again, taking that look at it and saying, what do I need to get done? And how am I going to get that done? You know, because it'll get done. You just have to make choices sometimes. So, but don't let it become so overwhelming. And that's just another part that's really important for kids because there is so much going on and they are busy and their schedules are more full. And everyone thinks you need to do all of these things to prepare yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're right. And it's okay if you do those things because they give you passion or you are, you know, interested in them and you want kids to try a lot of different things. Yeah. But just to help them to learn the skills to manage it so it doesn't feel like, you know, right. they're just on the hamster wheel where they never get and if, off. And if you feel like if your kid is like that, then maybe and maybe they can't ex- communicate it or they don't know what to drop, then you do maybe need to step in and say, let's maybe take a break from X right now. Or mm-hmm. are you really loving? My daughter's been doing this, you know, one activity for a long, long time. And I could kind of tell that she she still liked it, but she didn't like love it, love it. And so I said, hey, pull her aside. I said, hey, you know, if you don't want to do this after, you know, I want her to finish, you know, obviously finish the year. I said, you don't have to keep doing it. You know, like you've enjoyed it for many years. You don't have to feel, you know what I mean? Like you're giving up on it or guilty or whatever. It's okay if, if you don't love it um, anymore. You're right. doing a lot of other things. You found some other things now. And, you know, the next day she came to me and she said, and I said, but I said, if you love it still, it's fine. We'll still, you can still do it. It's no problem. And she said, you know, I don't think I love it like I used to. And I think I would like to maybe after this year, you know, kind of step away from it. And now I'm doing more of this other thing. And I felt like I just kind of gave her that permission in a way, like she was relieved that it was like, no one's going to be mad. It's okay. Right. And she made her own decision and she went and thought about Mm -hmm. it, but you kind of just like opened the door for her. Like, it's okay. And I also was like, Hey, if you still do, then it's okay. It's no, you know, you can still do it. I just want to, you know, let you know. Right. Right. Just to kind of, I think she felt a little relieved because I think she was feeling like she want to let someone down or whatever. And it's like, it's fine. Right. It's fine. Yeah. We do the same thing with kids in early reading too, because we used to, if you started a book, you had to finish it Mm. no matter what. Right. We give kids permission. There are a million books to read in the world. If the one that you start, you don't love for when you're reading independently, abandon it. Pick another one. This isn't a chore. It should be more of a joy or an adventure. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that. And I'm thinking back, like, I think I've probably been guilty of that, where my kids have not wanted to finish, you know, book. And I'm like, what do you, don't you have to finish it? Don't you want to finish it? You've read this much of it. Don't you want to see what has happened? But now that you, like, say it, I'm like, who cares? Like, it doesn't make them a quitter. You know, it's just, like you said, it should be, because I've definitely done that sure, <laughs> myself. I'm like, oh, I'm out, you know, after the first, <laughs> you know, like, Or you push through because you think you should. That's like, right. That 
was but not like, worth who, it. I don't have that much time right. to read. I could have been doing, I could have been reading something else I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting that you brought that up. And that's just something, I think it's just kind of like a old school mentality, you know, like, like right. your first instinct is like, well, no, no, you have to finish it, you know, you know, whatever. And it's like, it's okay. It's a book, right. you know? And that's why I think it's sometimes hard for parents to fully get their arms around how kids learn today mm-hmm. because something like that just kind of sets parents it's like rubbing fur the wrong way right no you right. have to do it it's different it just than what we feel were yeah like how I learned it you know but it's not your you know your dad's or your grandpa's educational <laughs> classroom anymore I think it's that's totally such a different. great point it's totally different and I think that like I said parents like it doesn't mean they're a quitter or they're not going to finish anything but I think those thoughts pop into your head as a parent like well wait they you know they don't seem to ever finish a book you know but they will right and there yeah. are some things that you have to. Yes. We have to read this one. This is, you know, an, an assigned yes, guided reading book. Yes, your class is doing right, it. You have to. Because it's important. There are things in here. So if you're struggling through it, mm-hmm. what are the things you're picking out that you're enjoying through it to kind of help them move right. through? Yeah, good point. We're not talking about ones they have exactly. to. Exactly. We're talking about saying, oh, forget it. Right. Yeah. And like you said, if they have to, just find some, you know, well, I'm sure there's something good we can find right. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's always good to talk about what they're reading and have conversation mm-hmm. about it. I yeah, that the, constant communication is another thing. And I did even write down, you know, and we talked, that is one of the four C's. And going back to that, just there's so much that goes along with communication, obviously. But, you know, and you touched on this earlier that now, I mean, and younger and younger, they're really communicating through a screen. Like they don't even call each other, you know, no. talk on the phone or anything. It's just text. And, and we all text, you know, it's quick, it's easy. But I mean, though I have like these big long cover or now it's like through Snapchat even, it's not even, you know what I mean? They just have these like, their life is told through like a picture. Oh, I'm right. going to snap this as a picture and like a little caption. That or, goes away. Yes. And it goes away or, you know, all this. And it's just, it is totally different and it's not all bad, but um, I think it does take away they're not as comfortable having that just normal face-to-face dialogue right and that's why that collaboration in the classroom is more important than ever because they are getting that face-to-face time to communicate and really try and share their ideas Mm -hmm. explain them convince people of their you know argument in something that they're working on and that helps them to develop those skills but yeah. socially, they definitely need more more time right. with that. But in the classroom, the classroom is just not quiet anymore. It's not people just sitting there, you know, working silently. Right, just in their rows, quiet, you know, put your pencil down when you're done, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it shouldn't be anyways. No. You know, if that's how it always is, then it shouldn't be. We're not talking about sometimes or if you're, you know, doing an assessment or something. But you're right. I think it's definitely it should be more, you know, that teacher is more that facilitator. Exactly. And the student are working you know collaboratively right and so sometimes I think parents think that because the focus is on learning instead of teaching what is the teacher doing right right the teacher's just not do not teaching well that's exactly the opposite because the teacher is moving around the room you said it exactly right facilitating conversations listening to the students and then asking very direct questions to make sure that their learning is on track and that their conversations are on track 
and I, you're right because I have I I know a lot of parents where it does it does seem weird and they've said or the kid comes home and says so and so never teaches they're not teaching us you know what I mean I don't understand they're not teaching us and and I think a lot of that comes from that's what is happening or I know a lot of times now it's the shift is kind of like the students kind of maybe are supposed to try to figure it out first and then the teacher will step in and show but they want the students to at first try to you know and I and I think it works better with some courses than others but I think that's the idea behind a lot of the curriculum now it definitely is Mm -hmm. because you want the students to kind of dig in and just unpack what the ideas are and so there's no preconceived notion about just being lectured to about what you're supposed to think about this so obviously the like in math and things like that it's it's still focused in terms of the teacher helping the students to to learn that but when you have more complicated ideas like in social studies where we want students to learn about civic engagement and things like that that's not something you can just tell someone you have to have students be able to kind of understand what that means what does it mean to get involved what does it mean to make a difference and so some of those things have to come from their own thoughts as they apply that thinking. Yeah. So if, if you're hearing that from your kids, I mean, not that it never happens, but like maybe that could be the reason and maybe investigate that, have a conversation with them about it or, or even with the teacher, you know, sure. how is it, how is your classroom run kind of thing? Or maybe this hopefully is something at the beginning of the year, the teachers maybe, maybe explain to parents because it does seem foreign right. to a lot of parents. And, and you, if you went in or you hear that, you're like, what, you know, what is going on? But it is different, but it's, hope, I think, better, you it, know. <laughs> right, and preparing them for what they need to go on to next. Because in the workplace, your boss isn't standing there all day <laughs> telling you what to do, hopefully, <laughs> each step of the way, right? Right. So That's a great point, too. Yeah, you're going to be given these tasks or whatever it is, you know, depending on, obviously, the job or the profession, and you have to figure that out, how to get it done. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And go to them as as your guide, you know, like just like as the teacher. Or be responsible Mm -hmm. for that, you know. So and when you go off to college, you need to find your own way in terms of, you know, how do I make an appointment for the health center? How do I find out how I make changes to my schedule? Right. Mommy called you that for you. Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back and continue talking. For the one in five children who have learning differences like dyslexia and attention deficits like ADHD, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their potential. Serving students in grades K through 12 from more than 80 communities throughout Northeast Ohio, Lawrence School empowers students who learn differently by accepting and affirming the diverse ways they learn, supporting them through their academic journey, and motivating them to excel beyond what they would believe imaginable. The result of these approaches is that students who previously struggled in the classroom are suddenly engaged, motivated, and confident in their ability to be successful learners. Discover the many ways we are reimagining school at www.lawrenceschool.org or by calling 440-526-0717. Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. 
All right, and we are back talking with Tamara Strawman about 21st century skills for success. And I knew this would go, I knew it would go so quickly and it already is. Like I'm looking at my my time and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so much, there's so many more things I want to talk to you about. And you just crack me up because you know like everything about everything, which I, I've known that about you. So, um, and you have such great wisdom and, and great experience with students and teachers and parents. So there's just a great, you know, you're a great resource for this. So again, thank you. And we've been talking about, you know, what are some skills for success that kids need to learn and how do we kind of get them there? Um, any other ones that you kind of come to the top of your head or that you were thinking about? Well, I think that another thing that's really important that we start out with kids young and that parents can help students with is organization, but at their level. So what does it mean to be organized, keep your things together for school, and to come home and say, okay, what am I going to do in this order? Now, that doesn't mean that because we say we're gonna, this is going to happen one day or this is our goal, that that's what's going to be. They're kids. Right. And so they're developing. And so we want to help them to fit within that and not do everything for them mm-hmm. in that way. I know that gets back to that same thing we were talking about. But it's just important for them to look at these are my things. I'm going to get them ready tonight for school because then I know where they are. If mom does everything and puts it in the backpack, then when I get to school, I don't Right. I'm not sure where it is. And if you think about it, just like like. you said, we all have our own system. I do Mm -hmm. not want somebody coming in my like office and like rearranging my stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and so now that you, you know, you say that like kids, you can show them and help them and work with them to get started. Hey, hey, here are a couple ideas for, you know, to be organized, but you're right. They may have their own way and it may not be, it may be different from their siblings, right? but it works for them as long as it's working for them. Right. Because like for middle school students or high school students, mm. it can be, maybe they're using technology to use it. You know, they use Google classroom. So are they, you know, keeping a task list? Are they keeping a calendar? Does that make sense for it to be all electronic there because that's where they're looking? Or is this a student that really needs to write it down pen and paper and have, you know, just kind of an assignment notebook with them? There's no right or wrong answer, just like there's not for adults. So if we give them options and see what works best for them, that's Mm -hmm. that's really important. I like that. That was a good thing, you know, the organization and like you said, work, I like that you said, you know, work with them because you have to at least especially get started. And some kids, you can like get them started and then you don't, you don't really, they're good with that. You know, they're very right. organized. They're self-motivated and other kids you have to keep checking. Or like you said, you know, you need to write down, maybe we're going to start out. You seem to be forgetting a lot of things or not getting things turned in or whatever. So we're going to start out where I'm checking it, you know, every night. And then once you get the hang of it, I don't have to do that. You exactly. know, that kind of a thing. Right. And there's a lot of tools that we give kids and parents like we have online grade book mm-hmm. that they can, you know, starting in fifth grade. So their assignments are always there and you can always check them. But yeah. I have some parents who will check for the grades, you know, three times a day. And I'll say, <laughs> stay out of there. Right. Give your kids the yeah. space. Right. To be able to. There's sometimes they're the extremes like that or then like, well, I'll check the day before. The semester ends. (laughs) It's like too late. Yeah, you might want to check, you know, but you're right. Like, keep check, check, check three times a day and all that is just let them or, or, you know, you obviously want to catch if there's an issue, but. Yeah, let them have a little bit of freedom, especially in middle school where I feel they're learning mm-hmm. how to navigate all of that. And, you know, it might take them a little while to get the hang of the hang of it, you know. Right. Because sometimes their peers 
have more influence on it. So they think, well, my friend's doing it this way, so I might want to do it that way. And trial and error is okay on those things, you know, right. because right. again— Right, it, it doesn't count. That's to learn. I mean, you I want still, them to do well, but it's right. to learn. I still try and figure out what's the best way to keep track of the growing to-do list every day, yes. right? So how do, you, how do you make that work the best for you? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, and I kind of that kind of goes along with I mentioned I wrote down like managing self and relating to others. And we talked about that, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat. But like you said earlier, they are all intertwined. You know, they all, you know, fit together in this this puzzle. They do. And so at the same time as sometimes parents don't understand like the academic part of it, that this other piece that we know and are learning so much more about executive function, growth mindset, you know, mindfulness, all of those things that we're adding in at the school level to help it be more, um, let's say, less stressful for students and parents to help give them that room to grow. Because the curriculum is more rigorous. Mm -hmm. There's no getting around it. That's good for kids. Because they do need to know more and be able to be deeper thinkers going into the world that they will be. I mean, we're such an interconnected um, world that way. They need to be much more global thinkers and deeper thinkers. But with along with that, give kids the permission to be risk takers, that it's okay to make a mistake in your learning. That's how you get to the next step and you might be able to make a bigger leap in your yeah. learning. And even in high school where it, you know, quote unquote counts, you know, it's a little riskier, like you said, you know, because it's like, oh, I don't want to mess up my, you know, but like you said, it's it's still okay in the big picture of things. It's still okay to take that risk and maybe it doesn't work out exactly how you want it, but it will be okay and you will still learn and, and gain and grow from that. Especially in your classroom setting where you're having those discussions or you're working on an assignment and kids can talk to their teachers about those things more. This is what I think I want to do with this. I want to go there. And and the teachers can help them to develop that project or that, you know, written response or something in a way that they that they can take somewhat of a risk with it. And it shouldn't impact their grade negatively because right. they are applying, you know, or they can have a conversation um, and then kind of maybe be directed back. Don't go so far down that path that might lead you, you know, Right. In, in, in a different direction, maybe bring yourself back this way. So, yeah. again, that they're applying their learning and the and teacher's not telling them. Like exactly. Said, with the teacher, we're back to communication. And so, like you said, they can help steer them. And the teacher knows, hey, they're, you know, I know what they're doing. I know right. they've been trying. I know they're working on this. So, right, they're there to help them. Yeah. Yeah. What about social skills? How do you see, what have you seen or noticed with, like, social skills in general with kids lately with all your experience? Well, I think in some ways their social skills are more advanced in that they don't have as many impediments in their way to connect with peers or teachers or other educators in school. Now, some of that is because of social media. And so it gives them that almost freedom or that kind of confidence to take a leap Mm -hmm. because they don't feel as many constrictors as we might have felt. Um, you know, kids can email their teachers and ask them a question and things like that. Whereas we might yeah, it's have easy, just, it's safer. It for is, them. Yeah. and we encourage it mm-hmm. because we want them to ask. Um, and I think that they engage together. There's so many more outlets for them in terms of more clubs and activities and things where they can get involved and know different kinds of kids 
um, yeah, that they feel true. that yeah. they feel comfortable with and that they um, want to spend time with, you know, in a supervised activity or something like that. And so that allows them to grow in their social skills and things like that. You know, I mean, we talked a little bit about the other way of sometimes it's hard for them to maybe start a conversation, some kids, because they only text. Yeah. So they can't pick up that phone, you know, and just make a, make a call because it just feels so foreign to them. Nobody talks on the phone, they would say. Right, they do. Right? They're like, what are you talking about? You know, yeah, I'm not calling them. Right. <laughs> but it's good to make them do that yeah. so that they have that ability because there are some times when you obviously do need to communicate that way. Right, you know? right. And, and in person even, you want them to be able to pick up on, you know, body language and, you know, the facial expressions and tone and all that kind of stuff that goes along with communicating that you miss or can misinterpret in a text. Right. You know, you're like, what? That's so, re-. you know, I've had people like, what? Are you mad? I'm like, right. what are you talking about? You know? Yes. Just it's like, you wrote no. in all caps, Exactly. Right? Or you, it seemed like this. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, so, you know, it's much easier to miscommunicate, but it is good. Like you said, it, it makes it easier for them to communicate, like with their teachers or whoever, you know, for example, where as they would have to wait till the next day and ask them where I know, you know, a lot of teachers are like, boom, they're like, email and back, you know, even that night, which they don't have to, right. you know, about a homework question or something, but which they is care. nice. So they, they do, they exactly. Oftentimes, they right. oftentimes so do. So they will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing that we have to work harder on, all of us together with kids, is just that their ability to hide behind social media, mm-hmm. where they can say something or write something that because they don't have to say it to someone's yeah, face. Yeah, they're much bolder. Right, yeah. because they would never have gone down that pathway uh-huh. if they were standing there looking at the person saying it. And so those kind of boundaries, we have to help them to impose on themselves when they're, you know, yeah. using their phone Learning or their, it. you know, or some other device so that they develop mm-hmm. that sense of empathy. Right. Cuz that's another really important thing that we want to work on with kids is is empathy. Yeah. How is that going to come across? And I think that just comes with that constant communication with your kids. And when Mm -hmm. they get those devices, you know, talk about examples and like that. And, and I do think also like kind of checking in, knowing what's going on on that device, you know, so you can catch some of those things maybe, or maybe it wasn't even your child, but someone else. And you can talk about, you know, how the other person may have felt and right because you're right everyone gets a lot a little bolder when right. it's, you have that screen protecting you of course <laughs> and then parents sometimes will say how um how do you know when it's time like that something will be like your child might try something that's mm. inappropriate like what's that age and how can you tell in advance and you can't Mm-mm. it's when it happens <laughs> right so i always say you know you give them the device and it's not a device, it's not a diary that's kept in their drawer exactly. where you can keep that, you know, let them, tr- you know, trust that that's there. You're giving them the device that becomes the equivalent of a billboard on 480 that everyone's driving by, but you're not going to that side of town today. So <laughs> everyone's seen it, but you haven't. I'm stealing that. I love that. I'm totally stealing that. You're right. It's not like a diary. It's like, oh my gosh, you can't read their diary. This is not that. No. Exactly. It's not that at all. So... I love That's, the billboard analogy. That's perfect. Because it's so true. It's, true. it's so true. Yeah. And you haven't driven down that 
if you haven't driven down that street in a long time, you might want to take a detour and, <laughs> and take, take a, a look. look. <laughs> right. Well, because that allows you to have the conversation yeah. too, you know, and right. it doesn't mean that you're, and, and you're not trying you to catch want, them. It's just no. to make sure that, because sometimes they aren't aware of things, right? you know, like I've been asked before, like, oh, what can, can I post this picture? And it's not bad, obviously, or, or they wouldn't be asking, but I'm like, mm, no, probably not because here's why. And even if someone else does, here's why we're we're just choosing not to for this reason. So just to have those kind of conversations. Right. Because yeah. who are those friends that they're connected to? Mm-hmm. So again, that is they use the skills and how we as adults can help them to kind of analyze that. Are all those people your friends? They no. say they are because it's called a friend, <laughs> yeah. but it's not the same thing at right. all. And they have their their accounts, like, a lot of times public, so you need to talk about that. You can mm-hmm. check, and they want, you know, they want all these followers. It's like, yeah, but you don't you don't know, know who they are. Exactly. Right. You are know, they so, really who they say right, they are? Right, exactly. And right, like you said, all their followers doesn't doesn't mean they're friends. Yes. They've just have seen them one time somewhere or whatever. So you just need to check in, just yes. to check in, have that communication um, and make sure that everything is, yeah, like on the up and up. And I, I loved having you here. I, there are so many more things we could talk about. Um, so I hope you'll come back. Of course. We, did, we talked about that earlier. Like I said, I, I wrote down even some other things. Um, and I knew it would be this way. I knew I anticipated that because I knew you'd be, you're just so well-spoken. You're super smart. Um, like I said, and you had have such a good experience with this and really good insight. So thank you so much you. Um, for coming. I think it's going to help a lot of people, hopefully. Thank you again so you're much. Welcome. This episode has been sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. Discover more at lawrenceschool.org. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.